The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hey, this is the King of Bros, and you're listening to the Rough House Podcast. They're a couple of pussies, but they're not that bad. The opinions expressed in the Rough House Podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here at the Rough House where black people and white people watch wrestling and Hispanic people too and all people. Hi everybody, hello, welcome, as I'm sure you just heard, this is going to be a, uh, a a unique edition of the Rough House podcast, as uh, as as our, our baby boy Kristoff is uh, on the mend. How you feeling, bud? I'm dying. Um, <laughs> I... I, I I tout usually a strong immune system. I usually get sick once, maybe twice per year. Uh, but when it does, it's a doozy. <laughs> and I've been knocked on my ass uh, most of the week. I mean, really, it started started feeling cruddy last Monday. Yeah. Um, and got progressively worse. I had to travel on Wednesday down to Georgia. Um, and then Thursday, I think what really uh, made it go full tilt was nearly dying trying to ca- catch a connecting flight um, in Atlanta, Hartsfield Jackson, which is the busiest and largest airport in the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had, and you'll be impressed by this knowing that airport. So my flight from Savannah, Georgia to Atlanta, because there, of course, there's no direct flights to Savannah from Baltimore. Why, why would there be? Yeah, exactly. So it was a uh, – my flight from Savannah was delayed uh, about 20 minutes, but then it took forever to board. Uh, people were just fucking morons not knowing how to board a plane. So we were not. probably about 30 to 40 minutes late taking off. And it was a snug connection. I think it was a 40-minute connection as is, which is cutting it close, I know, and I usually don't like to do that. Yeah. But my dumbass had bought tickets that night to see Aladdin at the Hippodrome. Um, so <clears throat> I didn't want to miss or cancel or, or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So uh, the flight landed in Atlanta at Terminal D. Um, so they have A, B, C, D, E, and T. I'm not sure if there's E or if it's just D, T. Mm-hmm. I don't remember uh, at this point. But um, so I landed at D. Uh, and then, of course, we had to wait to get taxied into the into the terminal. I know this is really exciting, but it's going somewhere. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, I try and force my way, my fat ass off the plane, <clears throat> dip, dodge, duck, dive and dodge and throughout the uh, the uh, the um, air bridge thing in. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, OK, uh, I'm doing like the quick, quick glances around. All right. Which way do I have to go? Because, like, you know, you don't know which way you're facing when you when you land somewhere. It's like, OK, this I start. So I start heading in the wrong direction like more. And I'm like, fuck, this isn't it. So I turn around and I am of larger carriage. And my body is not built for running or moving quickly. So this presented a predicament. Um, so I found my way to the nearest uh, escalator to get on the tram that takes you from terminal to terminal. I stuff in there. And I'm like, okay, at this point, my boarding pass has already put me on a later flight. I'm like, right. fuck this. No, I'm not missing this flight. So I'm like inching my way towards the door that as soon as the door opens, when we get to terminal B, I'm like fucking lightning. Yeah. Um, I'm heading up there. I'm pushing people out of the way, going up the um, escalator. And I'm like, okay, I'm at B. My gate is B, uh, what was it? B8. Mm-hmm. And I was at like B1. I'm like, okay, I can make this. But of course, you know, it's not just boom, 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 boom. There's stores and bathrooms and everything in between. So <coughs> me backpacking, carrying a bag, uh, weighing 250 very unhealthy pounds, uh, just running through uh, the terminal, pushing – not pushing people out. I, I actually did push a couple people. I felt bad about it. I'm like, sorry, I got a flight to make. So I, I, as, I'm, as I see Destiny in my eyes and I hear them making a final boarding call for Mr. Lightulate, I'm like – <laughs> I'm like trying to yell out, but I have no wind to make yeah. a sound. So I start like waving, and as I'm waving, I think the 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 lady at the gate spots me, <clears throat> and I make my way up, and I slam my phone down on the uh, scanner thing for my boarding pass, and she was like, "You made it. Catch your breath." I'm like, "It's going to take me a good amount of time to catch my breath, lady." <laughs> oh, buddy. Um, she said, "That's the that's the flight attendants for water," because at this point. I legitimately felt like I was going to have a heart attack. Yeah. Like I know people say that in, you know, hyperbole, yeah. but there was tightness in my chest and oh, I was buddy. really worried for a couple minutes there that oh, I was, buddy. I was going to like pass out on the air bridge and have to be like yeah. defrib, defibrillator and everything brought back to life. Cause I'm so unhealthy. Uh, but I, I, I made the play. I stumble onto the plane and of course, you know, you're that last asshole straggler coming onto the plane and everybody's staring at you. Yeah. I, I, my face is turnip red, turnips are red, beet red. Um, <laughs> and I'm not good with colors. Uh, I don't see color. That's why, uh, my face was really red, like a tomato. Let's go yeah, with that. Yeah. And I, I clearly cannot catch my breath to the point where a couple people, as I'm walking down the aisle, like, are you going to be okay? Oh, and buddy. I, I was like, I don't know, but I'm going to take my seat. <laughs> Yeah. So I took my seat. Luckily, the flight attendants gave me a water, and I slowly, you know, started to to, to breathe. And you know, uh, from living with somebody with breathing issues, breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. That's the way to ensure that air passes passes through the lungs uh, in in the best way. So that's what I was trying to do. And mm-hmm. I'm like a sweaty, stinky mess, and I'm just sitting there, and oh, people dude. are still like staring. I was like, I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna be okay. I gotta be okay. Gotta be. <laughs> oh, but, but I made the flight. You did, um, and and you you uh uh. I, and I'm sure this is uh, going to be a, a thrilling uh thing for people who expected a pro wrestling podcast. Uh, you made it to see Aladdin. How I was did. uh Aladdin live at uh Baltimore's very own Hippodrome Theater? 
It was fantastic, actually. Uh, I'm not, you know, I've seen a couple uh, live stage productions um, <clears throat> over my years. Not many, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I was very impressed with um, the performances because this was like, I believe, the traveling cast. So yeah, it was the genie the, that the does the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the legit genie that does it on Broadway in New York, who is out of this world. Yeah. Um, and the guy who played Aladdin was 50 times better than the kid they got for the movie. Um, yeah. So, uh, man, they should have just adapted that guy to to do it. Um, but he was, like, completely white, so that was probably part of the issue. Yeah, but, yeah, I can see that being an issue. <laughs> but he played it really well, had a great voice. Yeah. Um, clearly, being a very magic-heavy show, they changed – uh, the story a bit to uh, facilitate, you know, magic carpets and monkeys and, and things of that nature. Right. Um, but uh, it was cleverly done and it was funny and well well performed. The stage uh, setups were were fantastic and it, it kind of boggles my mind how, you know, I, I try to like unlock the secrets as I'm watching. Of course, being coming from a pro wrestling standpoint, you're trying right. to figure out, you right. know, who's passing messages to whom and and things of that nature. Yeah. So I'm trying to like unlock the secrets as I'm watching and see all these little rivets on the floor of how things move along. And mm-hmm. it's just it's it's just utterly fascinating to me how they're able to 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 do that all of the sorts of things that they do. Um, but yeah, it was a it was it was a really good show. I wish I had felt better. Uh, at the show, I could have enjoyed it more, as opposed to like wiping snot from my nose every five seconds. Aww, but, um, but yeah, that was uh, that that was that was fun. Yeah, so. I, I mean, it still sounds like a great time. Uh, I'm glad you're still with us. I'm glad you did not have that heart attack that you were concerned you're going to have. As as uh, the Patreon folks will see on the video, watch your camera shake from the cough you just had. <laughs> you muted it, but yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, I, I'm glad you're doing well, but, uh, <sighs> it, it has been once again, another week in the world of pro wrestling and, and uh, as we feel every Sunday, you know, we look back on, on the week that was and the things that occurred. Uh, it is ridiculous. Uh, whether you're, uh, a fan of backstage intrigue, intri- uh, backstage intrigue, uh, you're a fan of just really good pro wrestling or you're a fan of cucking angles. There was something for you all across the world of pro wrestling this week. Yes, there was. It was uh, another busy one. Um, you know, like I said, uh, I was traveling on Wednesday, so I had a chance to watch Dynamite live yes. uh, for the first time since being at the first show. Yeah. So that was uh, that was fun. We were texting back and forth throughout, and you know, flipping back and forth through NXT, and we'll 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 do- delve and dive into uh, the differences and uh, highs and lows of those shows. But um, you know, I guess uh, well, Raw happened, but Raw was taped. Yeah, Raw was uh, taped in the UK week. last Friday. Um, it, it wasn't a, a massive show. I mean, you you got to see what a a uh, Raw roster would look like uh, with the addition of a Walter or an Imperium, um, right? And you got to see uh, a Seth Rollins get lit up by a Walter. So uh, cheers to you, Walter. Yes, uh, cheers, I Walter. Say, I, I'm pretty sure there are some folks who who enjoyed that. Uh, but the big angle on the show was uh, the continuation of the Rusev Lana uh, Bob Lashley to do, um, which uh, does nothing for me as a fan. But I don't know if you've noticed this, Chris. The YouTube numbers are yeah. out of this fucking world for this angle. And I, I wanted to bring that up to you because I'm, I'm curious as to who is spiking those views. Is it people who... Um, 
our friends of wrestling fans and say, look how terrible this shit is. <laughs> is it uh, Total Divas fans who are familiar with Lana and yeah. Rusev saying, yeah. look at what they're doing on Raw? Is it some kind of um, uh, weird algorithm in the prediction? If you watch Keeping with the Kardashians, you might enjoy this cuck angle on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. I, I don't know where these extra views are coming from. I, because... Is it people who don't have access to porn and therefore this is the closest thing they have? The, oh, the, the insinuation of uh, a, a cuck angle? I... I... I, I don't know, but I do know that uh, 7 million people have watched the most recent segment, which seven is... 7 million. 7 million, which is insane. I mean... And, uh, and Raw's ratings were, what, 2 point something yeah, million? Yeah, 2.25 million. It, it's, wow. Yeah. Uh, Raw is, is not having a, a good time in the ratings uh, as of late, as we've, well, you know, talked about. But, of course, uh, I always uh, preface that with the understanding that neither Chris nor I are smart. Therefore, yeah. uh, what we know about ratings is just one number bigger, one number smaller, smaller bad, bigger good. Yes. Um, but uh, so far, that number has been getting smaller. Therefore, I assume bad. Um, but those YouTube numbers are ridiculous. I I don't know if that means WWE is getting more money, uh, because I, I know that there was a whole run of, uh, wrestling YouTube channels getting, um, demonetized and i know the algorithm is always changing as to what they will or won't yeah but i'm pretty sure wwe has found themselves exempt to that somehow because Uh, they're the wwe and vince has ties within government things and such and um he's not to be trusted um but yeah yeah, i'm sure and i honestly i wouldn't be surprised put on my tinfoil hat here that if vince mcmahon didn't have some kind of uh input in this uh, demonetization of other <laughs> wrestling things on YouTube, yeah. uh, I, I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. Well, I have if, no evidence if, to if back not, it up. If not Vince, someone from the WWE, probably. Sure. Well, um, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure it came down from him, yeah. um, but not on paper. Yeah. Uh, documents were shredded, and Cousin Greg got impl- <laughs> implicated, and all sorts of succession type things. Which have you watched fucking Succession yet? I, I haven't. I'm sorry, Chris. I'm sorry. I, look, hey, hey, hey. I'm 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 in the midst of a bunch of shows. Uh, something. If you're feeling well enough, we could do in a Patreon. Uh, oh, it's yeah, I, I, I've I, watched a lot of movies the past couple. Of I, days. I was just say, I was just say I got I got Mandalorian, I got Watchmen going on, I got the Morning <laughs> Show going on, I got a lot of stuff I'm watching. Okay, um, all right. So uh, yeah, I, I I don't really know uh, to to talk about that point. I don't really know like the level of intimacy that YouTube has <laughs> with like their top creators. I know WWE is like uh, at least if I'm to believe. Uh, the did you did know you know yeah uh, to, sure they're to, completely truthful to this day I still don't know who they're trying to impress with those uh, yeah, but we're I, already I, watching yeah uh, I, I I believe WWE is like one of the biggest YouTube channels full stop so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised I I don't know if that means they have a direct line to you know Chad YouTube or whoever runs it uh, <laughs> so. Mr. Alphabet. Yes, yeah. Uh, Arnold Alphabet. Uh, <laughs> just gets him on the horn and says, yeah. hey, we... <laughs> it's not an algorithm, you idiots. Just gets on the horn and says, hey, you know, we gotta we gotta take down these Beyond Wrestling guys because they're, they're gaming the system with all their... Get to the server room, yeah! But, uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> that's really what they should have done with Terminator. Uh, what was it called? Dark Fate? Dark Fury? Who the hell knows? Dark Dark uh, Fate of Furious? Yes, uh, that's what it should have been. That It, it turns out that the... Uh, the the visage of the T eight hundred ran Google in, in this I alternate think it should timeline. Have been Vince McMahon. It would have been a perfect time. <laughs> but uh, speaking of Vince McMahon, Earth, you're fired. <clears throat> speaking of Vince McMahon, I I hold. By the way, I phrased it on our social media. What we learned this week is: no matter how strong your morals are, no matter how strong your ethics are, no matter how much you say you're going to change the system, or weirdly enough, you say you're going to change the culture Vince McMahon will always always win because this week CM Punk officially returned to WWE programming now I'm phrasing it that way because I know that there are some people on the internet who are picking the nits and they're saying well his contract's actually with Fox therefore he's still and then they just peed themselves Uh, so what He's still on a WWE program. Yeah, he's sitting there next to Renee Young, okay? Yeah. And Booker T and Christian yeah. and Paige. Joey is, Samoe. Yeah, you know, uh, and, and Adam Cole, baby. Yes. So, you know, <clears throat> yeah, he's doing the, the talk show now, okay? That's, yes. that's That's where he is right now. Yes. And upon reading further into this, thank you, Uncle Dave, for the breakdown, um, it's it, – Definitely seems like one Mr. Brooks uh, did his best to work both sides in the um, in the press and in interviews to mm-hmm. to get himself uh, figures haven't been uh, announced, but pretty sure he got himself a, a pretty sweet deal to appear on this talk show um, once every couple weeks. And, yeah, yeah, and spout that, some, uh, some nonsense. That's the thing that I latched on in that official announcement, that tweet announcing everything that CM Punk will be appearing periodically right on episodes of wwe backstage what a fucking gift that is he not only has the brock lesnar schedule yeah but he doesn't even have to wrestle it's it's you you, uh you either die the hero or you see yourself uh live long enough to become the villain yeah uh john cena has become the rock yes and uh, CM Punk has become Brock Lesnar. Here yeah, we are. Yeah, that's, that's where we're at now in 2019. Now, look, um, I am I am uh, a man in my 30s, and uh, I I said this actually Friday night during our show. One of the biggest things you learn in your 30s is that people don't sell out. You just acknowledge the fact that they are getting paid. Yeah. And uh, I know that there are probably some people very fervently angry on the internet about Punk. Uh, taking the money and that sort of thing. Look, dude, get paid. But for a guy who was very much holier than thou about where he stood in the world of professional wrestling and where he stood compared to his ugly divorce, very ugly and and an extended and drawn out one, and it ruined one of his friendships and and all of these things. <sighs> for him to go, ah, yeah, I'll go back on TV for them. Has has uh, one Scott Colton commented on this at all? Uh, not that I'm aware of, but uh, if I'm him, I'm going to start seeking. Uh, you know what? That's probably why the lawsuit got settled. Yeah, this, yeah. this particularly here is probably why the lawsuit got settled, because if I were him, I would just like run screaming to the courts about how he's being sued over an issue between these two parties, which clearly has been resolved. 
Yeah, yeah. That's uh, I kind of feel bad for Colt in all this. Yeah. But <clears throat> you know, uh, I'm. I, my my temperature on Punk has cooled over the years. Yeah. Uh, he had a great run uh, at the end of his time in WWE initially. Some hot stories, mm-hmm. and then obviously the the Rock squash and the the Rumble and the Z packs and everything. Towards the it didn't it it, it really uh, hit an abrupt wall at the end. And you know he did the whole take his ball go home. There was a lot of bitterness. Um, you know he wanted to do his thing with the MMA. He tried. He got his ass kicked twice. Got so, paid handsomely to do so. Got paid a lot of money. He he wrote comics for a while. He was yeah. a he wrote uh what it was a was it a Thor story I believe. Uh, I I think he did a Thor story. I know he did uh, a Drax comic. He did a yeah that's right Master of Kung Fu series. Uh, you know he's he's been in movies. Uh, yeah. He he did more videos with Nerdist. I mean he's he if anything has done uh a really uh, a full different career in his time away and you know uh credit where credit is due he got to indulge all of his interests and in, in, in that sort of thing yeah. but if you don't think that the optics of what what we saw or more accurately what we saw on twitter uh because i Doubt 99% of the people who know about this watched the show. Um, If you don't think the optics of Punk coming out to the awkward response of five human beings versus 15,000 people in an arena, if that wasn't intentional, you're fooling yourself. That is very, very much someone sending a message and just saying, well, this this is the response you get now. Yeah, well, and the, not only that, the fact that the next big pay-per-view is in Chicago. Oh, yeah, like you could have done that and popped <laughs> a rating. Weeks, or and, one week, rather, yeah. or a week and a half at the time this aired. So so my question is this. If AEW was not a thing right now, mm-hmm. is this happening? And I think the answer is no. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't think it's happening right now. I, I, I will say that if it were to happen, I don't think there would be as many zeros on that paycheck. I, yeah. I, I think there's that. I do think that there probably was someone at Fox Sports who went, it'd be really cool if. Uh, right. Just because of the UFC connection and the idea that there might be some crossover from the UFC audience, which they've now lost to ESPN, saying, hey, CM Punk's now on this show and he's talking about the world that he came from. Maybe I'll watch that. I don't know if it's really going to change anything. Yes, they went from 50,000 viewers to 100,000 viewers, but no one knew Punk was going to be on this week. So really the rubber hits the road this week in that they're actually advertising that he's going to be on the show. We'll see what that does, if anything, for the ratings, because I don't know why anyone really would want to watch WWE backstage to begin with. Beyond the idea of you're a hardcore CM Punk fan and you want to see CM Punk, it's literally... Like the the pre shows to a pay per view, and and those are just like having a frontal lobotomy when you watch it. It's it's it's, it's essentially live wire. What uh, Todd Pettengill used to do, or Mania on yeah. Saturday mornings, yeah, uh, where he would kind of just go over the stories of the week and maybe have a sit down interview or something like that. It's essentially that, but with a, a, a columnist and a wrestling journalist, um, and uh, who's breaking stories, yeah, uh, and and things like that. And anything Punk 
says is going to say is going to be uh, conveniently diced up into a video segment and uploaded to Twitter almost instantaneously. So that's not making me find a way to watch Fox Sports One on a Tuesday night at fucking eleven o'clock. Right, right, and and there's also the the question mark of you know is he going to be able to be quote unquote honest? That something that they pushed really hard right. about backstage when it you know, was first announced was like, oh, this was going to be the hard hitting show. It's basically going to be like UFC tonight was right. over on, uh, on Fox sports originally <laughs> where they addressed controversial things. And yeah, there was a positive UFC slant to it, but they at least addressed it. We're now two weeks in all of the things that are going on, you know, uh, in front of the camera, behind the camera, haven't been addressed by that show. It's been yeah. addressed by other WWE stuff, like uh, credit where credit is due. As much as I don't want to listen to it, and as much as I think it may be the bootlicker's take on it, Corey Graves on his podcast is discussing these things. He's discussing things like the flight from hell from Saudi Arabia. He's discussing, you know, the issues with NXT. He's discussing, you know, the weirdness that is the Rusev and Lana angle or the the Seth Rollins versus social media war. You know, he's discussing them. And, and I can't say I agree with his takes. I can't say I really want to sit down and listen to his takes. But that show is addressing them. Right. You have this other show, which is supposed to be in that same realm, and these are nowhere to be seen. It's literally just, you know, kayfabe the series. And yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't know what is compelling about that, especially when you have at least nine other hours of WWE programming you could be watching. Right. Yeah. No, I, I agree. So the question is, you know, uh, how long does this last? How long does he stay in this role? Mm-hmm. Is he going to return to the ring? That's the big uh, the big question here. Um, you know, obviously nobody knows the answers to those questions, uh, aside from maybe Mr. Brooks um, and a, a top brass guy or two at the at the Fed. But uh, but yeah, I don't I don't know. It's definitely raised some eyebrows, and you know, if, if recent history of WWE's relationships with people have been any indication. Uh, it's always uh, not an answer of if, but when, and uh, it was a lot sooner than some of us probably predicted here yeah. for Punk. Yeah, it just, it's it's very surreal to see, and um, I just hope uh, at the end of the day, uh, I hope he's getting paid, I hope he's happy, I hope he's enjoying it. I mean, that's really all you can ask for. Um, now, when's AJ coming back? <laughs> We we shall see. She could be a special correspondent too. Um, we'll 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 see how that comes together. So I, yeah, uh, what well, I well, I think you I think it was you who uh, who texted me this the other day. Come January twenty seventh or whatever it is, yeah. wherever they're doing the fucking Royal Rumble this year, yeah. They better be very careful who they put in that number thirty spot. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's in Boston this year. Uh, oh but, yeah. Uh, the number thirty. It better spot. be Cena. It yeah, be yeah, it's, it's got to be somebody that people will actually <clears throat> respond positively or super negatively in a good way too. Like, I uh, they they are so fucked because there are going to be people who are going to be swearing up and down just as they have been for the past few years. It's right. going to be CM Punk. It's going to be CM Punk. It's going to be CM Punk. And I don't think it will be. I I honestly think that at most we may see a WrestleMania match from him, and it ain't going to be because he was in the Rumble. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm I'm tending to agree with you, uh, but uh, you know that's the the death spot uh, yeah. now because yeah. it's it's closer to reality, 
but it's still really far away from actually happening. Really, your um, best bet is throwing King Corbin in that spot and hoping for the best. Oh, man. That guy. <laughs> Furry King Corbin. Look, I'm sure how that happened was as follows, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but this this feels right. His original idea was going, or Vince's original idea was, well, what we'll do is uh, King Corbin will call out Roman Reigns, and it'll be a midget! It'll be a midget! And someone from Fox went, A, we no. don't call them that now. B, yeah. no, we aren't going to do that. Fine. Well, we'll get we'll get an actual big dog! And that's where we got this stupid fursuit bulldog wearing a Roman Reigns vest available at WWE shop. Uh, the dog or the vest? Uh, the, the vest. Because if they haven't made a stuffed dog with the <laughs> vest yet, what are they even doing? Well, to be fair, there's a number of things in this world that, that they should be producing. Uh, I mean, hell, they already got the new SmackDown title ready, uh, which now just looks even more like a fruit roll-up to me now that it's bright blue. Well, I mean, it makes sense. You're on the blue brand now. So yeah, I, I get it. It's a matter of time. I, I get it. I get it. It's just, it's it's funny that uh, they had those replicas at the ready. Um, really, at this point, for as much as we joke about AEW being a t-shirt company, I think we should start calling WWE a replica belt company because that seems to be <laughs> a, their big, big, big push in merchandise. But anyway, yeah, for those who didn't watch SmackDown, I don't blame you. It was not a very good show. Um, you had this ridiculous King Corbin segment where, uh, to further his feud with Roman Reigns, he called out the big dog and, uh, he got a random person dressed up as a stuffed dog. Uh, and Dolph Ziggler's with him now? Did uh, I see that? Dolph, Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode are, are now with him. Yes. Is he Bobby or is he Robert? Uh, you know, it's probably Robert, but I'm going to keep calling him Bobby anyway. Hey, Bobby! Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm now officially like every single person on a press tour talking about Robert De Niro. The thing about Bobby is... <laughs> <laughs> well, they already have a Bobby, and yes. he's cucking somebody, so... Yes, that, well, you know. well, to be fair, Rusev calls him Bob all the time, which is one of the few things that angle that makes me happy. <laughs> Rus- Rusev... Oh, God, he deserves so much better. He's such a delightful human being. I, and, you know, I, there's something uh, in an interview saying that, you know, he's had to, like, adjust his personal life because of this angle, yeah. which, you know, I think I talked about it a couple of weeks ago, saying how it's got to be tough to see your smoking hot wife that everybody knows is your shoot wife out there making out with this large Adonis of a man who's, like, you know, legit MMA fighter, cut head to toe, loves his sisters, all these sorts of things. And just sticking his tongue down your wife's throat on national TV. It's got to cut you a little bit inside. Unless that's what you're into. You, do you think he's really into this? You think he's like running back to the hotel and just cranking all over the place? Who knows? Who knows? It, it, I mean, I'm I'm not here to yuck anybody's yum. If that's what Rusev's okay. into, hey, more right. power to you, Rusev. But, um, you know, I, I would say that there is at, at the least a remote possibility that he's not minding this. Um, okay. Yeah, fair yeah, enough, I fair mean, enough, I guess. It's, it's hard to say. Um, Everyone's got a kink. That's what yeah, American Dad yeah. taught me. Yeah, and if that's his deal, that's his deal. More power to you guys. Hope you're having a great time exposing it on a big stage and being a main event angle on Raw. Uh, that's a beefy Eiffel Tower right there. Uh, it, it really is. Poor Lana. Poor That's Lana. a lot of beef. <laughs> the so, Bulgarian beef. So Big beef bob. Uh, unsurprisingly, I, I have a bit of a complaint uh, with with 
WWE right now, and it's and it's kind of a. I will say this is a nitpicky one, but I think I think there's some merit to it. Okay, so, speak your mind, buddy. Uh, on SmackDown this week, yes, there was a run-in from um, the Undisputed Era, which is fine because Adam Cole's going to be leading the NXT team in what is sure to be a clusterfuck of a main event as it's going to be five Raw guys versus five SmackDown guys versus five NXT guys. But uh, the women did a run-in also. Uh, they attacked Bayley. And the mixture of women who attacked Bailey were Shayna Baszler, Rhea Ripley, Tegan Knox, Mia Yim, and Dakota Kai. Right. These are five women who hate each other so much that they're going to be in a War Games match the night before Survivor Series. Yeah, there's there's a, a lot of downside to having two team-based uh, pay-per-views on subsequent evenings involving the same people. Yeah. Um, you know... It's a bit of a clusterfuck. It's always it's always kind of been that way. Uh, <clears throat> not always, actually. I remember a time way back yonder when Survivor Series, it was, you know, Team uh, Michaels versus Team Hart or whatever. They always was, had fun was, names. It yeah. Was always it, heels versus faces. And it was grudges playing out, not just a battle for brand supremacy where nobody wins a fucking goddamn thing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> When it's not just being done to be done. So, yeah, it didn't really happen back then. But once it became Raw versus SmackDown and now Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT, you run into these problems where people who shouldn't get along have to. Can they coexist uh, in order to to win this one match for no ultimate prize? Um, And now with the takeover the night before being war games, it's just double the clusterfuckery. And, yeah, it, it, it takes you out of the great story building that they've been doing on NXT to two nights later, tune in at Fox and see, you know, Tegan Knox high-fiving Shayna Baszler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's very incongruent. I mean, at the jump of this angle, you did have some unlikely allies, but they were smart enough to play each other in a way that, uh, the tension was still there. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking uh, most of all from that first NXT invasion angle, Triple H at the end of the night, he is flanked on one side by Adam Cole, right. the other side by Tommaso Ciampa, and Ciampa's staring at that title that as yeah. Adam Cole raises it. Like, little shit like that works. But instead, you have all these happy-go-lucky ladies coming out with big smiles on their face, including Mia Yim, who, for fuck's sake, should really have a night off after murdering <laughs> herself on Wednesday. Yeah, don't well, get she me got wrong. By, uh, Io Shirai, but yeah, don't get me wrong. She, uh, she deserves the TV time. She deserves the ability to be on Fox. But she fucking died a thousand deaths on Wednesday. Let's give her the week off. Yeah, it was a bloody NXT. Yeah, it just it's so weird and incongruent to me. And also, what are the stakes for this? What does any brand get if they win? Stakes. They get Omaha, the, steaks. Omaha steaks. Jericho's Omaha steaks. providing them. He's he's yeah, double agent. He's back. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's going to be number thirty in the Rumble. And he's, <laughs> he's bringing Omaha steaks for the other twenty nine competitors. Oh man, <clears throat> oh man, you just you just gave me like a bit of a conspiracy theory there because I just thought about. It. I'm like, how long is Jericho's deal? How long is he signed? He signed in January. When does his deal go up? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to assume, like, you know, the EVPs and stuff, it's like a three- to five-year deal or something like that. But, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Who the hell knows? Uh, especially yeah, with the there's, way there's the no world stakes. Of there's there's no yeah. there's no main prize. There's nothing. It's brand supremacy, which is a term that I hate to begin with. Uh, it's beaten into the ground every November, and it means nothing. So, yeah, I, you know, we say this. We're gonna watch Survivor Series. The matches could be fun. Really, the match of the night for me is Bailey, Becky, and Shayna. Oh, really? Uh, I'm I'm going with uh, Nax, Styles, and uh, Strong. I, I think the women are going to steal it. Uh, I'm a huge Shayna Baszler mark. Bailey has really, you know, fully realized this heel character, mm-hmm. and the man is the man. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm full on of this women's match. I'm sure the 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 other the Roddy knock and basically uh, the, the mid card title three way. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's probably my my number two, but I think the women are going to take it. Yeah, I I, I think uh, actually there's a few matches on Survivor Series that have great potential. I mean the the tag title match with uh, 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 Red Dragon. Uh, yeah, Red Dragon Viking uh, Raiders. Day. And Day. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Viking Raiders and and Red Dragon have a bit of a history anyway. I think, oh yes. Uh, I, I I think they're going to be great as is, and I think the mixture in the new day is going to be a nice little twist to it. Um, I'm actually really looking forward to Daniel Bryan and and uh, the Fiend. Um, even though the build on SmackDown was kind of cheesy and overwrought, but uh, I I can say that one of the top four Bray Wyatt matches was uh, the match that those two had at Royal Rumble years ago. Um, actually, mm. I think you were there live for that, Chris. Um, was I? I don't know. My memory's a little hazy right now. Maybe I, I have the years incorrect, was... but I think that was that year. Maybe uh, And honestly, I'm intrigued just because I don't know how it's going to go by Rey Mysterio and uh, Brock Lesnar. Hopefully Dominic turns on uh, Rey Mysterio. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will say this. If the match starts and it's very clear that it's Walter, not Dominic. Yes, Dominic is turning on Rey. Uh, What I want is I want Dom to be the Dom. Uh, Oh, no, no. He wouldn't be the Dom. Brock would be the Dom. Yes. Basically, I want Brock Lesnar to uh, put uh, a gimp mask and a chain on Rey Mysterio's son, Dominic, and have some, you know, really... (laughs) kinky basically treat him like uh uh like a sub like his like um danny mcbride treated uh channing tatum and uh this is the end uh yes essentially that that is what i would like to see with brock lesnar um and and dominic mysterio i think that's uh (laughs) i think that's the only way this can go and that's uh those are the uh the basket i'm putting my eggs in i mean that'd be a lot of fun one thing that I realized I didn't get a chance to to bitch about, uh, something that I, I, I just wanted to point out because it confused the shit out of me at the time, and I was reminded of it the other day. Um, so the, the whole crux of the Rey Mysterio-Brock Lesnar feud uh, was that uh, this came off the Cain Velasquez thing. Oh, yeah. Where's Cain getting knee surgery? Well, not only where is Cain, but here's something weird. Um, Cain Velasquez cut promos in Spanish that Ray translated. Chris, did you know that Cain Velasquez is a native English speaker? I did know that. Why the fuck was that a thing? I don't know the answer to that. Why why, why was this happening? I don't know, dude. Why? Come on. Why are you you trying to make sense of WWE? How long how long have you been A doing this podcast and B been watching the WWE? <laughs> but it's just 
that is that is the most WWE thing ever. Look, we're not sure you can cut a promo. So what we're going to do is have you cut promos in Spanish, even though yeah. it's your second language, and have this other guy cut your promos for you in English. Like, yeah. then just have the other guy cut promos for him. You don't even need to have the intermediary step. Like, no, you got to appeal to the, uh, the 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 Latin America uh, viewership there. But just have Ray in the angle in the first place, dude. As come I on. turn into Jerry Seinfeld. What's the deal with the fucking translations? Why here? are they doing this? It's <laughs> a pretty good Seinfeld. Um, Have some coffee. Yeah. So we're in a car. So as much as that show made me angry, you know what show did make me angry this week, Chris? What's that, Marty? That'd be AEW Dynamite. Yeah, it was a, it was a damn good show, if I do say so. They were coming off of a pay per view, a damn fine pay per view, which we enjoyed. A, a yeah. pay per view that, even with all the hand wringing in the world, Uncle Dave turned around on. I'm just saying, he said that was one of the most worst matches he's ever seen. He said he and hated he, it. And he hated it. Four and, four and a half stars. stars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought it was a I thought it was a mistake. Also, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, what? Hang on. What the hell? Uh, anyway. Uh, uh, AEW Dynamite, they came off of a big pay-per-view, and this was a show that they needed to build some angles, and angles they did build. And you they know did. how they built them? In the easiest and most simplistic ways possible. They had matches, they had quick promos that went in and out. Show kicked off, you had Michael Nakamura wanting to get some revenge for his best Nak- buddy. Nakazawa? Nak- oh, sorry. Na- I said Nakamura. Shinsuke Nakazawa. Shinsuke Nakazawa. Naka, Naka, Nakazawa. Michael Nakazawa. He now wanted... going to use baby oil here. Yeah. Not going to use baby oil because he's serious. Because he wants revenge for his pal Kenny. Kenny, who had a very obvious fake black guy. Um, but a legit injured back from barbed wire. I don't know. Some of that looked fake, too. Think so? Uh, I don't yeah. know. That seemed pretty okay to me. I bought it. I don't it. know. I, Not, I didn't buy the eye, but I bought the back. The eye was definitely fake. Like, it was yeah, too it was, perfectly it was perfect circular. circle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he did Major not have... James Keenan's <laughs> makeup. <laughs> That's exactly what I was about to say. Um... <laughs> so, uh, Nakazawa uh, had a match with John Moxley. And because we knew how this was going to go, Moxley <laughs> just... Beat the shit out of Nakazawa and pinned him clean. There yeah, wasn't why waste time. There, there was no need to, to waste time. And then you had Mox, and he cut in uh, a promo, and it was real simple. He put over his opponent. He put over the match. He put over he's the most violent guy in AEW, and he said that no one would be able to stand up to him. But he said the door's wide open if anyone wants to challenge him. Real simple. Built intrigue. You're thinking, who's going to go after Mox? Who's going to be the guy to step up? So uh, after that match, uh, I'm was that when they went to the three-way? Or was the uh, It was the tag match, match with Dark Order and ah, uh, yes. or Jurassic Express. Yes, Jurassic Express, Dark Order. A great tag match. Uh, Dark Order figuring it out. They put a shirt on Evil Uno. Stu I Grayson still think they should drop the Stu. Yeah, well, um, well they, they were calling him just Grayson uh, on commentary and... The PA announcement, the the um, the Titantron or whatever the entrance video still the said, Trump. yeah, it, it still said Stu Grayson, but I think they are going to call him just Grayson moving forward. Yeah, Stu is just not um, 
uh, imposing uh, at all. You know, Grayson, you know, Grayson could you, you think it back to like an old Schwarzenegger movie. Who's the who's the bad guy? It's fucking Grayson. You know, that that has some kind of dastardly sort of sort of tone uh, Im- implication to it. So, yeah, I, Stu. Uh, hey, here's my cousin Stu. Hi, yeah. guys. Hi. You know, Hi. Uh, you, know you, you won't play D&D. Hey, Brandon, let's I'll be the dungeon master this time. Sort of thing, you know, like. Stu ain't doing. Um, but the, the match was fun. Uh, Jungle Boy supremely over. Mm-hmm. Um, Looks like a star as he and should a half. Be. Kids, uh, all kinds of talented. Dark Order wins as they should have. Um, yeah. I think because they probably need more uh, more of a boost from that. And, and also, little- <laughs> Marco and Jungle Boy aren't the Jurassic Express. They're like the right. the secondary version of it. They're not at full yeah. power, so it it should be yeah. the team that teams all the time that wins. A note right. we'll think about later in the show versus right. the 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 team that's thrown together because of what's going on. They had a fun little post angle or post match angle where um Evil Uno was trying to get Marco to come to the dark side and become a minion for the dark order. Here's my thing. If I'm recruiting one of those two people, sorry little mud hillbilly, I'm going after Jungle Boy here. Maybe they thought that he was the weaker willed and it looked mm-hmm. like he was going to take it for a yeah, second. There. Yeah. Weaker willed, he's the one who ate the pin. He's also yeah. the the I, I guess you could say the heart of the three. So yeah. I, I, I I could see it from the you know uh, people don't don't try to turn Batman. They try to turn Robin. You know right? I, yeah. You, <laughs> you, you 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 try to stick the knife. You don't necessarily try to go for the heart the heart yeah, side of things. So I, I thought it was good. I, I thought actually Evil Uno's promo was just cheesy enough. Like he he felt like you know the evil recruiter guy. Like it it, it just worked perfectly. But this turned into uh, the return of Luchasaurus, who basically came out and absolutely murdered half a dozen of the uh the goons from the dark order and uh, massive pop massive pop uh super over and as i described it to you uh he felt like aew's version of kane yeah you know he's got the he's got the look he's got the he's got the mask he's imposing um you know he's probably still not 100 percent but um, you know, just murdering the guy with the boot and then headbutting a dude out of the fucking air. Are you kidding me? Yeah, uh, that was that was killer. And his spin kick, I, I think it's his size and the swiftness of his spin mm-hmm, kick. I think he mm-hmm. what took out three of the uh, creepers yes. with one spin kick that looked yeah. fucking fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's some big stuff. And then one of my favorite things, uh, they did a big group hug, um, and then Chucky T. <laughs> Chucky e. T continues to be the best at Twitter on the mm-hmm. AEW roster. It's like I fucking hate you guys <laughs> stealing, <laughs> stealing his gimmick. Uh, that that made me turtle uh, handsomely. Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure that was the adjective I wanted to use, but I said it anyway. Yeah, you, you uh, but yeah, that, that was a really fun uh, segment. We know that Luchasaurus is back now, and I would imagine. They're going to try and go back and get some of those wins back from the losses they um, uh, sustained in the tournament and, and elsewhere. So yeah. happy to see uh, Big Luchasaurus back with a new T-shirt, ready to go. Yes, of course. Of so, course. Uh, so, so there we go. Yeah, now, good stuff. Now, uh, this very quickly went to uh, commercial after that, and then we had the pitcher and pitcher, and this was when I was starting to go, yeah. oh god, oh god, no, because we had Sean Spears come out during commercial. Okay, yeah. Yep. Then we had the librarian come out, and I'm just like, yeah. Oh, I was like, oh, oh 
God. Let's see what's happening on NXT. Oh, God. But, hey, it turned out it was going to be a three-way dance as Darby Allen came out. And uh, appropriate note about the three-way dance is the three-way dance is no DQ. And that was made clear very fast as Sean Spears was taken out pretty quickly by Joey Janela. As the issue still stands between those two, I think this is going to be all about getting Janela over and giving him that all-important win back. Because, like we said, that was really one of the things that stood out at uh, Full Gear. Uh, the unnecessary yeah. victory of one uh, Sean Spears. Well, the whole match itself was pretty unnecessary. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, Darby Allen goes over, murders Peter Avalon with the coffin drop. I, uh, I will say, uh, I think I'm not a fan of the librarian gimmick, but I think Peter Avalon is a solid uh, talent enhancement hand. Yes. So I, I think that he did a pretty good job making sure that Darby uh, looked good there. So I will give Peter Avalon credit to that. Also, Leva Bates out of, uh, just has an uh, incredible ass. Um, <laughs> she's been really showing it off. So cheers to you, uh, librarian too. Yes. Uh, then after the match, Darby grabs the mic and says... Very simply, John Moxley, huge pop. I accept even bigger pop. That's all yeah. you got to do, guys. So simple. That's all you got to do. Yeah. That's literally all you have to do. You just you just have a guy come out who's over and say he's into a match. And that's what we're going to get next week on Dynamite. I can't wait for this match. I don't Hell think yeah. Darby's going to win. I mean, he could win. He could. He, he could. could. They, it it been wouldn't very much be decisive. Him. It would be kind of a sneak up sort of thing. I'd have to imagine. Yeah. Some kind of fluke. But uh, it's it's a match very much want to see. Uh, actually, there's a few matches next week I want to see for Dynamite. But we'll talk about that as as we wrap up the recap. Uh, then we threw it to what I like to call the Kristoff section of the week, uh, <laughs> as Nyla Rose <laughs> defeated Danny Jordan. Uh, Danny Jordan very quickly. Uh, jumping up in the Kristoff power rankings, and yeah, in case you're wondering, ascended. in case you're wondering the nature of of our off show friendship, <laughs> I dug up Danny Jordan's Danny Jordan's Instagram and sent it to Chris in the middle of the match. Not only that, it was a uh, a Simpsons donut post. Yeah, uh, so that was you know again dead center that Venn diagram for me right there. She's friggin' adorable, and uh, I'm I'm completely into it. I'm gonna have to. I, I think I may have to start doing a weekly uh, power rankings um, <laughs> of of my uh, wrestle ladies. Uh, what did what did I call? I think I called them my fake wrestling honeys or something like that. Uh, <laughs> you did. You did. I I threw up in my mouth only a little bit when you described it as that. I just prefer the term wrestle crush. It feels a, a lot less grody, but you know, you do you, Chris. Yeah, thick wrestle honeys. The, the thick wrestle honey, uh, Chris off rankings. It's coming to Patreon. Um, uh, we went back to commercial. We came back. Oh, by the way, now the Rose, of course, went over in a squash because they're oh, yeah, rebuilding her. Uh, when we came back from commercial, they announced that coming up next week on Dynamite, so this Wednesday, they're going to have a Dynamite Dozen Battle Royal, 12 competitors, and then the final two will have a singles match the week after with the winner getting a diamond ring. They're basically doing the old Battle Bowl uh, Lord of the Ring gimmick from WCW. So that's pretty cool. So there's two winners. That's that's weird that it's so, just the final two and then they the, stop the match. Yes. The the last two will go on to face each other in a one-on-one match the following week. I feel like they should just play it out and have the winner pick a stipulation for the match. Well, that, that would be interesting, too. It uh, just feels weird to stop a Battle Royal with two people left to me. 
I, I don't disagree. I, I think it's all about how they time it, though. I think that's really going to yeah. be okay, the, fair the, enough. the key thing for how that works. Then, well, Hopefully they don't try a Lex Luger, Bret Hart situation. Uh, fingers are crossed that they don't. Uh, then uh, we go to Tony Schiavone doing an interview because Tony Schiavone's doing an interview. You know it's not going to end as it should. Tony Schiavone, of all people, is doing an interview with Ali, who is on Dynamite for the first time. Is it? Oh my gosh! Yeah, I think you're right. She's you're right. been on Dark. She has not yeah. been on Dynamite, so it's her first time on Dynamite, <laughs> and you knew it was going nowhere. Where basically it was just Tony going, "So, uh, what's it like being an AEW?" <laughs> and Ali's like, "Oh, it's really cool. It's awesome." And then, of course, Awesome Kong's music hits. Awesome Kong, along with Voodoo Priestess Brandy Rose, come out absolutely murder Allie and then one of her hair extensions is cut off and put onto the belt of Awesome Kong as we continue that gimmick of uh, Awesome Kong murder murdering all the ladies. Uh, I'm guessing this leads to either her murdering Riho or her trying to murder Nyla Rose and it not working out so hot. Yeah, uh, I, probably the latter, I, I guess, because, you know, Riho versus Kong doesn't uh, – I don't think that it's time for that yet. Yeah. Uh, I think Rio probably has to establish herself a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, to make that match believable. Um, but I, I would like a little, <clears throat> I would like some more of the vignettes uh, of them. Mm-hmm. You know, what do they do with this hair? I want them to make little voodoo dolls or something like that um, and, and try and do some crazy, crazy things like that. There's some possibilities there doing this whole uh, voodoo priestess thing. Plus, I really want to see Brandy Rhodes and that ridiculous uh, uh, voodoo priestess get up that she has, <laughs> which is which is very nice as well. Um, so yeah, a little more, a little more story background right. there. I, I, I've enjoyed the the vignettes of that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so far, I don't really understand it beyond the idea that Brandy Rhodes has the ability to summon Awesome Kong, uh, but that's about all I've figured out so far. Yeah. Um, then we went to. A segment that I, I will say this: if you hate talking segments, you would not have enjoyed it. But yes, it was a twenty-minute promo, but it was between two of the best in the game. You have Chris Jericho come out, yeah, and he's talking about his big victory at Full Gear, how he beat Cody. Cody's never going to be able to challenge for the title again. It's all Jericho all the time now, and there's no one who could stop him, and he des- deserves that big thank you, not from jackasses in Nashville. He deserves thanks. And then the lights went out, and the Cody's music played with the long-ass intro and the elevator entrance, and instead of Cody, it's MJF. And I guess there's just an automatic Cody button backstage, because yeah. he didn't just get the music and the elevator he got the god pyro too yeah yeah it's a preset yeah that's that's what it is yeah just everybody's in place we're good hit cody okay hitting cody it's just a it's just a big cody button and uh mjf comes out and he says he's gonna address jericho in a minute but he needs to talk about uh his issues with cody he said uh if it wasn't for him Cody's career would have been ended being in the lion tamer and everything. But he said the true villains, Cody, the only person that knows real Cody is him, MJF. And he says, Cody's a liar and an abuser. And uh, basically Cody was holding him back. And now you're going to see the true face of MJF. And he's going to be the, the big face of AEW. 
And from there, MJF and Jericho have one of the funniest segments I've seen in pro wrestling, like legitimately funny segments I've seen in pro wrestling in a long time. As a basically duck season, wabbit season, (laughs) the idea of Jericho wanting MJF in the inner circle and MJF wanting to be in the inner circle. Right. Yeah. It made maybe well okay so it was it kind of did the Family Guy like yes. it went on it was funny and then it kept happening and it became unfunny and then they kept doing it and it became funny again yes. um, and really it was one of those things where you knew with those two people in the ring something special was going to happen um, yeah. because MJF has has proven himself to be a fantastic heel talker Jericho one of the quickest witted um you know can hang in there with anybody mm-hmm. from the rock all the way down yeah. so you knew something great was going to happen and you know the segment it, it was it was a little lengthy but i don't just in terms of like looking at how long it was while i was watching it i wasn't like okay when's this going to end whereas you know if i'm t- tuning into raw and here uh, Stephanie McMahon's terrible music hit. I know to immediately change the channel, uh, knowing that it's going to be a twenty-minute wank fest. Uh, mm-hmm. This kept my attention uh, pretty much the entire time, waiting for you know the big payoff. Whether that big payoff was um, MJF joining the inner circle, MJF attacking Jericho, Jericho mm-hmm. attacking MJF, whatever the hell it was going to be. And who would have thought the big payoff would be the first reference of Juventud Guerrera on Turner Television in almost twenty years? <laughs> <laughs> and MJF selling it perfectly, saying "Who's Hoovy or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which was which was fantastic. Um, but the the big moment was actually Cody, who was not cleared to wrestle, yeah. um, come out and and start brawling, only for the uh, his his actions to be squashed by the big debut uh, debut debut the butt. of the oh yeah the debut. <laughs> The debut of uh, of of Ward, Wardlow, yes, War, Warlow, Ward, yes. Ward, Wardlord, Ward, <laughs> Ward, Wardlow, Lard, Lard, Lard Lad, yes, yes, Lard Lad Donuts made his, his yes. debut as Got Paul Anka's like, guarantee. Yes, as it looks like we're not getting MJF in the inner circle. We're actually getting the beginning of an MJF stable as MJF now has a big old heater. In yeah. Wardlow, uh, I'm cool with it. I like it a lot. I, I, I he's a shithead. He's supposed to have a heavy take care of all of his uh, all his big business there. Yes, really. Uh, the one thing I, I thought uh, should have happened but didn't, considering uh, Wardlow decided to choke Cody with his tie. We really needed a shell shock Justin Roberts watching someone getting choked out with a tie. <laughs> that's that's the one little touch. That I'm a little uh, sad and didn't happen. Well, hof- hopefully at least Justin Roberts never showing up again due to PTSD from that. Um, <laughs> and we never have to hear his terrible uh, ring again. <laughs> Fuck you, Justin Roberts. Uh, I thought of you this week. Uh, I-, I know you're not a watcher of Being the Elite, but hey, right now I've got the time to do so. So uh, I-, I-, I watch. Being <laughs> I watched the- it this week as well. Oh, so d- you-, you caught the bit of uh, Justin Roberts warming up backstage? Jared. Rock his hour in the headset. Yeah, yeah. I immediately thought of it. Um, what, what did you? Well, let me ask you this: What did you think of the uh, of the shots they took um, at the uh, the plane travel situation there? I thought it was silly. Um, I, I it wasn't on it, it wasn't on AEW television. 
if it was on right. AEW television, be infinitely more cringy. This was like the insider, insider, internet-y bullshit. I'm fine with it. Which that. is what being the elite has always yeah, been. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I will say, really the thing that made me uncomfortable was Scorpio Sky licking a ring pop for an extended period of time. <laughs> Way too long. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely someone's fetish right there. And the fact that Matt didn't break the whole time. Yes. That's, neither of them broke the yeah. whole time. Like, that's... Yeah. That's some, uh, that's some, uh, um, what do you call it? Skill? Uh, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I was, uh, discipline is yes. what the word I was yes. looking for there. So, you know, Jimmy Fallon would have broken 15 times. Oh, God, and, yeah. You know, giggling like a little schoolgirl. I would have as well, because I have a terrible time not laughing, uh, <laughs> <laughs> in my very short history of, of filming, uh, comedy segments. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, they, the thing and there were some people upset <clears throat> about the you know mocking of the travel situation uh, of WWE but the more i thought about it is you know if we're just going by the company line of uh it was just mechanical issues then it's it's ripe for the taking you know if it really was something more serious as the uh as the rumors Mm -hmm. flooded around of Mm -hmm. it being Mm -hmm. then i may have had a problem with them making fun of it but if it was just mechanical issues then there's nothing uh diabolical or or seedy that could have been uh misinterpreted or anything like that so i I didn't have a problem with it either it was just mechanical issues right right exactly you know yeah yeah so it, it was what it was uh again we went to commercial came back we got Pack defeating Hangman Page in the official rubber match because I guess that UK match that was on AEW YouTube didn't count. Nope. Uh, it was another really good match between these two. Uh, yep. Pack gets his win back, and I'm hoping slash guessing, especially based off of the uh, the AEW rankings which came out on Friday, that Pack will be in the mix for a title shot soon. Um, did uh, did Page get rocked, or was that just uh, was that just a story? Uh, I heard at the end there, I I heard that he got actually hurt at full gear, which surprised me that he worked a match and worked it this well, um, during dynamite. Yeah. I haven't heard anything about whether or not he legit got rocked, uh, in this match. Cause I know they were making a bit of the story of, you know, Bryce should stop the match and get in there. And then Pac kept, you know, getting offense in on him with page, not defending himself. I didn't know if that was, uh, that was story or not. Yeah. And then. Another great segment. We had the continuation of the proud and powerful Young Bucks feud as they just had a big ass brawl through the backstage. And this is something I, I've talked about many times on this show. One of my favorite things in pro wrestling is when you treat the backstage area almost like the Muppet Show, where it's a continuation of the universe that you don't see, that there are still characters and right. they're still in character. So one of the things that drives me crazy about modern WWE is backstage segments seem to happen in a vacuum. You right. know, it's it's very rare that when you see some guy walking backstage, they're walking past other people who are still in character and, and all that. Like I, I wanna believe that the backstage is filled with as many unique and interesting characters as there are in front of the stage you know um and what we got was this brawl all throughout the backstage area there was a crazy dive off of a forklift by santana that uh there was a brawl where the bathroom door was knocked open and there's just orange cassidy standing there don't know why Um, straight hanging out 
uh, I didn't get to see this during the TNT airing, but the Fight TV folks got to see it. The brawl continued into catering, where a John Moxley was hanging out, and, oh. he, and he saw the violence and smiled at it while he continued to eat. <laughs> Which great. I just think, again, nice little touches here. That's a good uh, character beat right there. Yeah, yeah. He's just like, oh, okay, violence. How oh, I like it. Yeah. Back to my oats, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just do it. Can I get thing. more flax over here, please? Yeah, yeah exactly. This cream of wheat isn't going to keep itself warm. Um, so uh, come back to the TNT audience. They're brawling around ringside. Uh, security's getting involved, a.k.a. extras. They eat yeah. super kicks. Uh, Satana Ortiz take out the Bucks. They attack Nick Jackson's leg with the blackjack. Matt got powerbombed through the stage. Brandon Cutler runs out to try to make the save. Then uh, my favorite beat of the entire thing, Ortiz says, okay, 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 we'll let up, we'll let up. And then he just yells, hey, Brandon, guess what? I lied! And he goes back after the box. <laughs> which was so stupid, but so great. And then you had Private Party run out to make the save for Brandon Cutler, and... Uh, that is going to lead into a match next week on Dynamite between Proud and Powerful and Private Party. Um, a lot of peas. Yes. Uh, Jim Ross is going to be absolutely fucked during that match. Private Party is It's bad enough for JR. It's going to be four competitors of color. Now he's just going to be completely lost. Um, now, now what I will say is, I, I don't know how they're going to. I don't know how they're going to serve both masters here. But something that's kind of cool about the private party, proud and powerful match is it's also going to be a tribute to uh, an indie wrestler who passed away last week, uh, Matt Travis. He passed away yes. last Saturday. Um, he came up with uh, Santana Ortiz and Private Party working House of Glory Wrestling out of New York. Um, he was basically one of those guys who a lot of people thought was going to break out, uh, you know, around Mania Weekend 2020. Um, unfortunately killed, uh, as a lot of people apparently have been in New York lately. He was riding his bike, got hit by a car, and... Um, like a dump truck. Uh, sorry, yes, a dump truck. Um, just shitty shitty situation i think it's yeah. i think it's really cool that aew is giving them the ability to uh do a tribute match like that but also yeah. you know it, it'll pay off in the angles i don't know how they're going to serve both masters um but i i think it's really cool that the match can happen either way because they're both great teams and i can't wait to see the match yeah no that's that's going to be fun um they also announced that uh nick yes because matt got put through the stage right yeah so nick is going to face phoenix in a singles match and fuck yes yeah, uh, didn't <laughs> something I didn't know I wanted till they announced it. So I'm look. I mean, next week just a packed show uh, yeah. between. Uh, we got the Rumble. We've got uh, Mox. Oh, and, uh, yes, sorry. We got the Battle Royal. We've got Mox and Darby. We've got Proud and Powerful and Private Party, and also Nick Jackson and Phoenix. And I guess we're gonna get the return of Kenny Omega to AEW Television. Yeah, because I I think if anything, uh, again, some nice kind of continuity. The only people beyond Brandon Cutler who I think could make the save for the Young Bucks would be Cody, who got beaten up earlier, mm -hmm. Omega, who was not medically cleared to even be at the show, or uh, Hangman Page, who got the shit kicked out of him by Pack. So yeah, uh, yeah, makes sense that uh, that's why Matt ended up going through a stage. Um, yeah. Then your main event of the evening, AEW World Tag Team title match of SCU 
de- yeah. uh, defending against Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. I thought on the whole, great match, great storytelling. They smartly put the full-time tag team over the part-time yeah. tag team. My only gripe, and I, I think I, I said it to you, is Chris Daniels out there acting like everything's normal. Yeah, they, they kind of dropped the whole Fallen Angel uh, bit that he brought back uh, against Pentagon a couple yeah. of days prior. Just back so, to being a goofy dad. Yeah, back to, you know, wannabe uh, Steven Tyler, uh, Hitler Steven Tyler. I don't know what the fuck to describe it as. Um, <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> apt Aerosmith, let's call it that. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, I uh, although Joey Belladonna has the, uh, the mic stand that doesn't have the bottom from Anthrax, he kind of does that too. So I don't know if he's going for that. Anyway, um, <laughs> I liked uh, – it, it was a shock that Scorpio Sky got the pinfall on Chris Jericho because yeah. if anything of watching pro wrestling tells you is when you have a match with three of the four people being 15 to 20-year veterans, <laughs> the yeah. kid who's been doing it for five years is eating the pin. Fall Guy Bushi. Yes. Um, so, but we did not get Fall Guy Guevara. We got Fall Guy Jericho. Yeah. Um, and it, it was a – it was a uh, what was it, a small package uh, mm-hmm. or Just something like the that. Same thing that one of the belt. Yeah. 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 So you know, it it lent into one of the so and so has pinned the champion sorts of things, which mm-hmm. I hate um, typically. But you know, if this leads to a solo Scorpio Sky going against Chris Jericho for the title at some point, yeah, I I kind of figure that's that's a natural next step. If it's not going to be on this week on Dynamite, I could see it the week following. Um, yeah. presumably Jericho will go over, which again the, would make the sense. The week following Thanksgiving Eve, so you'd imagine they'd do a big show then. Yeah, and, and if I remember right, that's the show in Chicago, too. Um, I believe you're right. So, hey, sounds awesome to me. Uh, and, and again, it's one of those things where it builds a star. Um, you know, Scorpio Sky's been a guy who they've definitely gotten behind quite a bit as someone who they've wanted to, to put over as a name. Um, him getting that very rare fall over Chris Jericho. I believe they said he was yeah. seven and O up into that point. It's um, his first loss. Yeah. It's his first loss. Uh, and you had the great uh, Jericho tantrum to wrap up the show as he <laughs> tore apart ringside and threw a guardrail and a, smashed a chair on the ring post. Yeah. It's just the stupidest, most petulant shit. And I love yeah. it because it's so perfectly in character. Yeah. Uh, so uh, all in all, just one of those shows where you're like, it's all little shit, but it all just builds and builds and builds. And <clears> it just makes you want to see the next show and the show after that and the show after that and the show after that. And I'll say it didn't drag at all. Like that was a two. That was a a, a concise, crisp, uh, forward moving two hour show. Uh, had a big feel to it. And then afterwards, switched over to NXT. And then you're, you know, this is the first time I watched them concurrently slash back to back like that. Mm-hmm. And going from watching, you know, all of AEW and just switching back and forth just to see what happening on NXT throughout, and then going back to NXT. It just it being going from like you know a five thousand seat arena to you know six hundred people at full sale, it, it there is a noticeable difference in tone and energy level uh, between the two shows. It and makes it feel minor league, which is a shame does. because um, at, at that point in the show, because again we were texting each other at that time. Yeah. Um. I, I've since gone back and watched NXT in full. Yeah. But I as well. <laughs> 
but we were, you know, halfway through that ladder match, and you had Io Shirai and Mia Yim murdering each other. Yeah. And if that were in front of an arena, presumably they would have been losing their mind. Yeah. Instead, you had this crowd that was kind of burnt out by this point, that even when they popped, it felt low rent. Like, it, it yeah. felt small time. You had also just, it was very obvious, you know, there, there were a lot of folks just looking at their phone during the match, which was right. kind of sad. I mean, I don't want to, I'm not going to sit here and be like, fuck full sale or whatever, but it it just made it feel like so small compared to what AEW was presenting, you know, just a channel away. Well, something they have going against themselves is the fact that they've been doing this overrun. So now yeah. people have been conditioned to not expect anything big to happen until after 10 p.m. Yeah. So, you know, they're just going through the motions until that point. So, yeah, why not? You know, if I'm a full sale and it's, you know, 955, I'm probably checking Twitter to see what the big angle on Dynamite was. Yeah. Uh, yeah or something exactly. like that, too. Exactly. So I, I get the mindset and it's kind of a problem they've created for themselves there. Yeah, like um, uh, full disclosure, when we were sitting there during Dynamite live. Right. We were both just kind of randomly at times checking Twitter, checking websites yeah. to be like, oh, what are they doing over on NXT? So, you know, right. it's it's not like it's not a crime we aren't ourselves uh, responsible for. But right. uh, it's just a lot more noticeable in a 500 seat room when people are doing it versus, you know, a, a 6000 person arena. Yeah, when when it's a when it's a dead crowd at six thousand people, there's still a slight murmur. When it's a dead crowd at six hundred, it's pin drop, and exactly. it's a no, it's a noticeable difference. Exactly. But NXT as a whole, you know, I thought again was a really uh, good show. They continued the storyline. They had a big attack storyline threaded throughout of mm-hmm. all the um, women on the roster getting attacked by an unknown uh, person. Come to find out, it was Bailey of all people. Yeah. Um, getting some um, uh, comeuppance. From mm-hmm. the attacks that NXT has has uh, laid on Raw and SmackDown, um, Kaylee Ray showed up, the NXT yeah. UK Women's Champion, to the to confusion join. of everyone in the arena. I, I mean, I saw her win her title, and I'm like, "Who's this bitch?" <laughs> <laughs> I uh, watched the takeover, and I'm hey, like, "Hey, I'm this? with you." I saw some red-haired lady with a belt, and I'm like, "I don't know what yeah. belt that is. I don't know who that la- lady is." is and even Marie, I was very confused. But yeah, you, you had yeah. A, a killer match to kick off the show with uh, Angel Garza and Leo Rush. I'm like, which... Oh man, Angel Garza is fucking awesome. I'm yeah. a huge, huge, huge uh, supporter. He's gonna be, uh, he's gonna be big. I hope so. I I have learned <laughs> could be big. <laughs> I have learned, uh, unfortunately, with NXT. When I say the the sentence can't miss, uh, yeah, they can. Yeah, they they, they very much can. Uh, but I mean, there's so much going on in NXT, which is compelling and interesting. You know, we're we're gonna have Finn Balor against Matt Riddle now because yeah, uh, Johnny Gargano. Uh, I don't know if it's a it's legit a neck? neck injury. Uh, I don't know what's going on there. Maybe they're having him sell the the 1916 onto the ramp. Um, yeah. But he's not going to be a part of the War Games show, uh, at least not an announced part of the War Games show. Uh, but, hey, we get Balor against Riddle, which should be fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, fuck. Of all people, I am going to say this sentence. Damian Priest is coming off like a superstar. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're really they're really nailing uh, sticking to landing with him. 
Um, we were supposed to get Don and Dane uh, paying off their feud, but nope, Priest ain't letting that happen. He jumps them both. Looks like we're getting a triple threat at TakeOver, which I'm uh, 100% there for. Yeah. Uh, for as as much as we uh, bitch and moan about WWE dropping the ball on different people, here's a guy who they've actually who they've actually actively improved. Yeah, it's true. It's true. They they've really, you know, maybe it was all the work that uh is done at the PC, uh, yeah. you know, cuz he was very rough around the edges in Ring of Honor. Yeah. And dude is uh dude is rounded out really nicely uh coming through the PC there. It's it's good to see. I mean, the guy's got a good look. Um, you know, what, what do you call him the uh the non-union Mex- Mexican equivalent of Baron, Baron Corbin. Corbin? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, <laughs> I, I think he looks like a, uh, a lead singer of a new metal band, yeah. which I'm here for. Yeah, um, I think both uh, descriptions are correct. He's kind of uh, part singer from Head PE, part singer <laughs> from Nonpoint, uh, <laughs> melded together himself. Non PE, yeah. yes, <laughs> Headpoint. Yeah. Yes, well, I say non PE, uh, much like most of my schooling career, non PE. Uh, 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 well due to your uh uh, pe experiences some of which you shared with me uh off the air i can uh i can imagine why yeah i I will tell that story one day i think that's a good patreon episode (laughs) it's a great story it's a little lengthy but it's great yeah that's what i'm saying i think it's a good patreon Um, yeah but uh i mean nxt on the whole is really on fire with storytelling, the presentation is is the next thing that needs to be ramped up. Yeah, um, I, and it's just a change of scenery. I think that's really all it really needs to be. But and and it needs to be <clears throat> uh, unique enough that it doesn't look like just a carbon copy of Raw or SmackDown. Yeah. You know, it has that going for it now. But just mm-hmm. take it just the next step a little bit. The difference between extra and extraordinary is just that little bit extra. extra. Mm-hmm. So just uh, just give it that that little bit extra. I think the match of the night for me, though, was um, Keith Lee and uh, Roddy Strong beating the ever-living fuck out of each Hell other. Yeah. Hell yeah. That match was fantastic. That big, when Roddy came running and jumping and Keith Lee just double- uh, open hand palm striked him to the mat was fucking vicious. I Roddy strong, man, that guy can take some fucking punishment and give it back. Uh-huh. Uh, that was a, that was a long match and yeah. he pulled off some big power moves uh, towards the end of it. Uh, it was very, very impressive. Yeah. Uh, also, I want to give uh, proper credit to, uh, uh, Swerve and uh, Bronson Reed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was really fun as well. Uh, Bronson Reed, another guy who uh, I didn't know if he was really going to get that uh, that push in NXT, but he's he's coming off like a star. And uh, Swerve, of course, uh, as we talked about when he got signed, he's got all of the the factors that one needs to be a megastar. He just needs that push behind him. And it looks like they're, they're getting behind him in spades. So, uh, you know, next week on NXT, uh, we are getting a ladder match again uh which makes me i don't, I don't want to start clutching my pearls here but it makes me worry a little bit that you're gonna do a, a, a adam cole is going to have the worst week in history seriously he's working <laughs> a ladder match on wednesday presumably, we'll probably show up yeah, on smackdown yeah, well actually he'll probably be on raw yeah then he's gonna work a ladder match on wednesday then he's going to presumably be on smackdown then he's going to work a war games match on Saturday, 
and then he's going to be a part of a 15-man tag on Sunday. I mean, it's a legendary uh, week. Yeah. Cement your legacy, but fucking be careful. Baby. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, uh, I know you can get a, a tooth being knocked out. I know you can get that taken care of. Yeah. I know that's covered. You're yes. good there. But uh, watch your wrist. Be careful, baby. Yeah. All be, right? be careful. And for the love of God, stop chewing tobacco. Good God. <laughs> I don't know who let him go out there with a, a cheek full of chaw on backstage, but <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, that's that's a, that's a bad look. Uh, you don't do that. Uh, speaking of bad looks, one last thing before we go, uh, we've got more folks asking for their release this week. Um, I don't know where this is all going to lead because, as far as I know, none of these people have really uh, been let go. So. The the tide basically started with uh, you had Sean Spears, TJP, and Hideo Itami. Yeah. After <clears> their <throat> release, they got them. TJP. Well, that was prior to the announcement of, an, of AEW, though. Right. Right. <clears throat> but TJP and uh, back to Kenta, they're in New Japan. Sean Spears, right. of course, became part of AEW. The Revival asked for their release, not given it. Nope. Got a push, though. Got a push. Title runner, too. Uh, Luke Harper asked for his release, not yep. given it, given a vague push, then back to obscurity. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Bennett re-signed for five years. Right. Given a cuck angle, asked for his release. Nope. So far, not happening. Now he's saying he wants to do promotional speaking. He's he's He literally put out a tweet this week with an email address. He wants to, he wants to talk to high schoolers. I don't know. I don't know what the plan of this is, but we got that. Um, I mean, you know, if, uh, you know, going through recovery and everything is uh, something, I guess, high I, I guess, know about. I guess. I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, Why doesn't he just reach out to Mark Merrow? He can, like, coattail uh, on his uh, inspirational you know high school speeches. That, that, that could work. <clears throat> just two ex-pro wrestlers talking about the Lord and drug problems. Did you ever listen to Mark Merrow's? Like, uh, there's one that went like semi-viral not that long ago. No, no, I can't. A couple say years I ago, about one of his. It was like a story he told about being on the road and, um, and uh, you know, putting off talking to his mom and and stuff like that. You ever listen to that? One? No. It's it's actually like he's he's a really good storyteller. Okay. <laughs> I'm not even like you know the message and whatever is what it is, but he actually tells a really good, compelling story um, about, you know, struggles that he went through and and stuff like that. And, you know, it was, it was uh, a a, a good watch. Okay. I'll I'll, I'll give it a spin. I will say I have a little bad taste in my mouth about Mark Merrow because during the, uh, the Benoit incident, he was basically the talking head on any cable network that would have him. And he's a guy who never really shared a locker room with Benoit. So I thought, I thought it was kind of gross uh, and opportunistic, but that's just me. Uh, Anyway, back to the point Uh, this week, we added three more people to the Mm -hmm. list of those who have quit or asked for their release. Sin Cara uh, Mm -hmm. telling the world in Spanish uh, that he uh, asked for his release. Uh, ACH, uh, the former Jordan Miles uh, said to the world that he quit the WWE. He has not actually received his release yet. And no. then uh, last night word came out that Oni Lorkin, the former Biff Busick, uh, is asking for his release. Uh, yeah. That one really surprised me. Of Yeah, of I mean, he's gotten some... Uh, out of the list of people 
you know, we just rattled off. He's done the most recently. Yeah. Um, With the possible exception of the revival, you know. Well, yeah. Okay. Touche. But, you know, next to Mike Bennett and Sin Cara and, and, you know, uh, the likes of them, you know, Oni Lorcan has had cruiserweight title match on a pay-per-view. He's had Mm -hmm. some uh, NXT tag matches with Mm -hmm. Danny Burch. Mm -hmm. He's been used frequently on 205 and NXT. So it was it was a bit of a. A bit of a shock, but at the same time, you know, he wasn't really used to the the maximum of his abilities. Yeah. Uh, didn't hasn't won a title. Usually was taking uh, L's there. Hell of a performer. A great Twitter um, presence. And it was weird because his Twitter like was deleted for a couple days, mm-hmm. and then he mm-hmm. came back, changed his name to Biff Busick uh, as opposed to Oni Lorcan. Is still posting Oni Rule stuff, I believe. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it, it's. I don't foresee him getting his release. I'm not sure when his contract is actually up. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, he signed almost three years ago, so his deal might actually be up soon. Okay. Um, and uh, this this comes from the, the, the darker side of Twitter. I saw a few different things uh, about uh, what's going on right now with the NXT folks. Um, a, I will say for Lorcan, uh, word was he was approached about moving to a trainer – uh, basically a, a trainer coach type role similar to Cassius Ono, uh, okay. where he would oh, – sorry, player coach is a, the proper term uh, – where he would you know still wrestle and stuff, but also he'd become more of a trainer at the PC. I don't know if that was something that he wasn't into or whatever, but right. my understanding is a lot of NXT folks right now are being approached with uh, new deals. Uh, okay. Basically, um, you know, the rumored uh, upped deals uh, yeah. from uh, the USA money uh, would be coming to them, but it extends their deal for five years. Of course. And, There's always a but. And there are folks who aren't that interested in saying yes, not just Oni. Right. Apparently, okay. there's a there's a, a few people who, when they were approached with that, were like, no, I'm going to stick on my regular deal. And we'll talk at the end of it. Um, so we'll see what happens there, but I I gotta say, uh, uh, you know, it's not like it's a Seth Rollins or even a a Rusev or a a Bobby Lashley or Kevin Owens that are coming out and saying, I want to go. I I think this is really just the natural attrition of what we've seen over the past few years of WWE being that kid who wants all the toys in their sandbox, even if they're not playing with them. Yeah. And I really think. WWE, if they're smart, you got to let guys go because at a point, these guys, when they leave, they can build their own star. Yeah. And then you can lure them back. Yes, they'll cost you more down the line. But, you know, as much as I don't want this to turn into the AEW WWE pissing match, if let's say three years from now, A, AEW is still a thing, B, it's still doing well in the ratings. If an WWE gets a call from a Scorpio Sky and says, "Hey, what are you know? What's going on? You know, do you, are you yeah. do you have any interest?" Yeah, it's going to cost them more to get a Scorpio Sky, but what a coup to get someone of that nature, and vice versa. Yeah. You know, if if an Oni were to go to AEW, work there for two or three years, build a name, he'd be more valuable to the WWE roster than just being a guy who's held to do nothing for three to five years. Yeah, it's true. And plus people are realizing that they can play both sides for more money too. Yeah. So eventually that's going to get to the point where 
people are getting paid more than they're worth just because you want to have everybody. Right. And that's not financially responsible as well. So, you yeah. know, uh, Randy Orton just re-signed and you knew he threw out some elite teasers to try and get mm-hmm. more money mm-hmm. out of Vince mm-hmm. and probably a sweeter deal, which he most likely did. Yeah. Um, so, you know, people are realizing that and it will come to a certain point where, you know, the, the, the buck stops, no pun intended, uh, mm-hmm. somewhere where it's like, I'm sorry, Oni Lorkin is asking for how much money? Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's not not to say anything. I'm a huge fan, but, you know, what's the value of somebody like right, that when right, you have right. 10 other people of his uh, ability uh, yeah. sitting there ready to go? So, you know, it's a it's a blessing and a curse. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how everything pans out over the next couple of years. I have a yeah. feeling, you know, there will be defections as there were – uh, back in the day, some big names, smaller names, uh, and everything in between. Uh, and that's, what's making this Wednesday night wars, uh, you know, even more interesting, you know, AEW is edging out, uh, in the ratings. They got a big bump from coming off the post pay-per-view, mm-hmm. um, which was good. And they, they're back up crushing in the, uh, 1834 demo, uh, NXT skewing old again. So yeah. not super ideal for them. But uh, the war continues. Battles are won and lost uh, each week. And, you know, uh, we're the winners in the whole thing. Cause oh, we yeah. Get to, uh, when, we get Wednesday night has literally become the best night of professional wrestling for me. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I just thought about it while we were doing this show. The, the show has become more and more. And, hey, we want your feedback on this, by the way. Uh, yeah. It's become more and more. Chris and Marty vaguely talk about Raw and SmackDown and whatever pay-per-view is coming up next and go yeah. in-depth on it. AEW and NXT. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, I, I I hope you're enjoying it as well, Chris, and I hope you listeners are enjoying it. We want to hear your feedback. If you want more or less or something, hey, we're we're catering to you, our audience. So it's it's much more fun to talk about things we enjoy yeah. than sit bitch for an hour like we used to over yes. Raw and SmackDown every week. Yes. I'm very happy that we now have options of of good things to discuss regularly. Yes. And really the other thing we need <clears> to know is who can get Chris and Danny Jordan's DMs? That's really what we need to make happen because that boy, that boy needs a donut date. That's really what he needs. Uh, I will glazer Simpson's donut. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> the Roughhouse Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at Roughhouse SGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash The Roughhouse Podcast. Become a donor to The Rough House at patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at youtube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J 2 1 N lowercase w capital G lowercase k capital P M lowercase L capital D N 7 lowercase C 3 lowercase R lowercase F U V Q. This is the, the Rough House, Rough House uh, podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network.
The WWE Network, $9.99 with a six-month commitment, is committed to you. Not just original WWE, ECW, and WCW programming, but original feature films based off of super popular franchises. That's right, we're giving you Stingblade. Mm-hmm, hiding in the rafters. Mm-hmm, doing. You got face paint on. Black trench coat, scorpion upon chest, face paint. What will the slow country fella do next against the authority? I just hang around in the roof a little bit, having potted meat and crackers, hootie crackers. I might fall. This isn't the same one you guys use for Owen, is it? Sting, WWE Legends contract signee, returns triumphantly for an original WWE production. Stingblade on the WWE Network. Y'all not do that, that boy. Mm. Gender's in fire. Good. Good guy. Drew McIntyre. JTG, I agree with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Vicky got it. I miss Vicky's ass. We got a big butt. I want to bite her butt. Stingblade on the WWE Network. Available eventually. Mm-hmm. We're running out of money.